Together we make you plus happy. Each week we bring you someone who challenges us to define success and happiness on our own terms with a dose of laughter. Remember to like, subscribe, follow us at you plus happy on all platforms. Um, hi Iman. Hey Selena. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Anything this week fun or informative? Um, something I did this week that was fun is I had a Friendsgiving. So it's my first time not being with my family for Thanksgiving, but it was really nice. Um, Your whole life? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, being with some form of family, yeah. I'm either with my parents or my cousins or my uncles and aunts. So this she is lives such an exciting life. Like she's living in Africa and all these cool places. I'm surprised you found a way. Is that TMI? <laughs> uh, Australia? You live in Africa? Oh, I did a study abroad in Africa. See, her life is so cool. <laughs> she doesn't even remember, like, oh, I forgot about living in Africa. Like three months. <laughs> I don't know if that's considered living there, but. How long? Uh, three months. That's, okay, it's a long time, I think. It's a long visit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it was really nice to just, like, get together. And they don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Australia, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was nice to have that community where we're like, oh, okay, we can all come together and do this. And yeah, I ate a lot of food. I probably gained like 10 pounds, but it's okay. It you had fun? But I did have fun. Good. Um, was it, wait, was the food good? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was good. Okay. Um, yeah, my friend's husband is like, good at everything so he made all the food and we just had a girls night well girls thanksgiving he was there but he was more of like the caterer so it was nice what about you did you do anything fun i was doing a lot of um like research on something that was kind of upsetting to me and it was all facts and i was expressing myself to some folks and they were just like oh she's crazy they didn't want to hear it and i'm like well you it's there's proof like you can look it up yourself we all have phones and blah 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 and I was getting a little frustrated so I was speaking to a friend and I'm like you know why do people we have access to these phones to everything why don't we think and like use critical thinking and research and just do all these things that make sense to me and um I'm not ever trying to convince anyone of like my point of view but like just look up the facts they're right there and um my friend said it challenges people's reality mm. and their safety. Yeah. And I was like, because like, my mind was blown because I had never thought of that. When you're yeah. challenging someone's like identity and yeah. that's big. And that made me feel so much better. Like they're not coming at me. They're not mm -hmm. saying anything about me, but they feel challenged in a way that yeah. could be scary. And so now that gives me a lot of like, insight and perspective into saying okay just hold back some of those things no they're, they're not ready to hear it um yeah. so that was really big for me um just I wanted to share it i hope it helps someone else yeah <laughs> no that's a good that's a good piece of advice because it's not personal you know? yeah 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 so this week we have um christina o'neill 
one of my friends for a very long time on the show. So I'm excited to have her on. Um, Christina is originally from California. She was raised by her grandparents um, with very humbling beginnings. She'll get a little bit into that in the interview. Right now, her greatest accomplishment was graduating from college while working full-time and co-parenting her son and daughter. She served in the military as an MOS-92A Automatic Logistics Specialist, Supply Specialist. Ooh, that is a title. Um, basically, she was doing some important stuff. And <laughs> currently, she's the only female manager in a male-dominated industry as an inventory control manager. And just like everyone else, she says she's gone through trials and tribulations. So she'll talk a little bit about um, how she overcame those to get to where she's at. So we're excited to have her on the show. Yes. <laughs> hey. 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 Hi. Hi. Thank you for being on. How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. As long as the dog stays outside, I'll be all right. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit about um, what got you into the military and kind of your journey with that. Um, what got me into the military uh, mainly was just because living in LA, like, and um, even though my grandparents were my backbone, my dad's side of the family, I seen myself going into the wrong part. Um, I was running the streets a lot prior to me getting into the military. So um, I, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff after high school. So I did not want, I knew my background and I knew my family's background and I didn't want to repeat that history. Okay. And it sounds like, so was there a, it sounds like you did have a turning point already, but was there a point where you realized that you needed to turn, turn everything around? What made you have that? Seeing nobody really successful. It seemed like they was either living with somebody to make a come up. There was no one successful to look up upon. Um, and with my grandparents raising me, my train of thought compared to a lot of people around my age was just not even on that same level. Like, um, so, you know, even with my grandparents raising me, a majority of my family, family members uh, were gang members. So it just, I, I didn't see a future. I, I seen myself either, and this is nothing to to the you know to the to the working person or whatever the case may be I, I just didn't see myself with you know doing anything fully in my potential like I knew I was very disciplined I knew I I like things a certain way but I didn't see a future I have a, what was the what was the click because it, it doesn't sound like anyone else around you cho chose that path I, I can't recall what the click was. I just, I remember being in Fresno, Fresno, California, and wanted to hanging out on the West side and, you know, doing a lot of other stuff. And I don't know, I just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. 
my twin sister was out there and you know she had a baby already um i just i just wasn't happy okay okay because i think too because like i've known we've known each other since what junior year in high school i think maybe even before sophomore sophomore year yeah um and i think that one of the things that like made me gravitate towards you is that you always seem so confident in who you were. You're like, I'm me, regardless of what's going on and who I'm around. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I think there was something, no. <laughs> even, even when we were young, where you were just so like, you're like, I don't care what people think about me or what people say, like, I'm, I'm gonna do me. And I think, I don't know, that was something that I was like, ooh, like I liked something about this girl. Like I like that confidence that she already has at such a young age, so. Was there ever a time, I guess, in the journey where you doubted yourself? Oh, God. All the time. So, a little bit to go deeper into the detail. Like, I got kicked out when I was 18. Me and my grandfather could not get along for anything. My grandfather used to beat the brakes off of me for whatever reason. Would never touch my twin sister. And even though my twin sister was the one that dropped out of high school, had a baby, I graduated at the top of my class. So it was, I, I never had anybody that was really on my side. I don't know if it's because I look like my mom. I don't know if I was hated. <laughs> I don't know. But I, I never had anybody. Um, my grandmother was my backbone, but a lot of the times my grandmother would see a lot of the stuff happening to me and she wouldn't do anything. She, she wouldn't protect me. So I, um, I, um, I began becoming quote unquote heartless about a lot of things. And I believe me having, I think my, my last straw was, I was raped by my cousin at the age of 18. And my great-grandmother, at the time I called the police, she told me I deserved it. Mm -hmm. And I was with my ex-husband, well, I was with my ex-husband now. I was with my boyfriend at the time. He's my ex-husband now. And it just, everything came real to me was when I went into... The, when when after everything was done, I remember running to my aunt's apartment and banging on the door and telling them, you know, this, my cousin raped me. And this was the same cousin that's molesting me and my sister the whole time we were younger. His mama knew it. A lot of people knew about it, but they didn't do anything. For real, girl. Um, so... Uh, when that situation happened, my aunt, I was real close with her sons, and her sons were like four times older than me. They ran out the house to his apartment. My boyfriend or husband or ex-husband at the time, or an ex-boyfriend at the time, stood there. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you're supposed to be my protector. Like, you're the person I chose in my life. And you're you're sitting here. You you should have been out there running with them, trying to get them. And that helped me 
I wouldn't say hate men because I had two kids by him, but the kids were just something I wanted. I didn't want him. And to be in my 30s now with a man, I've been engaged twice. I have to justify a man's existence in my life. Otherwise than that, they're just a piece of meat to me. What made you marry him? Because you said he was your boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. What made you still marry him after he didn't, you didn't feel protected before y'all got married? The honest truth, I didn't love him. I told him I didn't love him. We had a baby, we had a boy, and he was in the military and he was getting stationed overseas to Germany. You can't bring girlfriends over there. So we went to the judge and tried to get married and the judge was so pissed off at us that she had damn near refused to marry us. When it says, do you vow to love this person through thick and thin? And I laughed, I laughed. And so she was like, do you think this is funny? I was like, no, no, I, I love you, I love you. And then after that, we went to Germany. That, you know, then I had another baby after that, but I guess I was, I knew I wanted kids. I, I knew that I wasn't in love with him. And I just thought like, since we had a kid, I wanted my, I was like, so in my mind, like I want all my kids to be by the same man, like no ifs, ands, and buts. So I got what I asked for. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you just wanted what was best, what you thought was best for your children, right? Mm -hmm. that, it was that, that was the priority. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Um, so we, our whole podcast is about success and all of that, but what I was talking to Iman about recently is like, we always focus on success and we never talk about failure and all the failures on that journey to success. So do you feel, when have you felt like you failed? <laughs> it's a weird way to uh, word it, but have you felt like you failed before? Uh, the biggest thing I think I failed on was recently when, um, cause my, my kids are, I have a one teenage son and one preschool. She's 11 and my son's 13. So, you know, all through life, I'm, th I'm thinking I'm being, you know, that mom, you know, I'm the, I'm the disciplinarian and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry. um, so I think where my biggest failure was, was one day my daughter came up to me. And um, she was just like, mom, when I have kids and I want my own house like you and da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, baby, what happened to, you know, a partridge in a pear tree, a husband? And she was just like, you ain't never had no man. Like, why would I have one? And I said, I don't ever want you to idolize single parenthood. That is not something I want you. That's not something I want you to do. Um, I don't, I'm like single parenthood is just nothing easy. I say even about parenthood, there's nothing easy about it, mm -hmm. but I don't want you to think since you've never seen your mom with somebody that, you know, this is the life. I just want my kids and me. And so I think that was the biggest failure because I, like I said, I was engaged, um, twice and I woke up and I'm like, you know, I don't want to look at you no more. Mm -hmm. you know, Chuck the deuces. Mm -hmm. And did it hurt them? One probably still hates me to this, to this day bless his heart but i'm like i'd rather you go on to somebody else and somebody that loves and wants you to be here because i could really care less if you come in my house or not mm -hmm. and none of my men none of my men excuse me lord jesus none of my engagements they never live with me because i don't trust men around my daughter mm. so everywhere i went 
my daughter went and uh, they didn't know my extent um but you know you tell people what you want them to hear so i think that was my biggest failure was i didn't i didn't i don't bring people around my kids so when they do see somebody at my house they're like oh my god mama got a friend and i'm like ah drink everybody <laughs> so but um, I think that was my biggest fear because that 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 really got to me about you know my daughter like oh, why why do I need a man? Mom never had a man because you know so I think like to 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 put my kids into it's okay to be in love it's okay to want love it's okay to to want all this you know and as you know me being a child of rape or molestation and stuff like that why I am so strong about not bringing men around my daughter or my son so yeah i'm okay i think that was that was honestly the biggest failure that i had was not was not being able to show my kids it is okay to love i figured that daddy did because to me he was running a you know a bed and breakfast like he showed you know he can love and you know da 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 but it seemed like they were looking more for me to solidify that and I didn't solidify it. And with them being young, I'm like, okay, now I'm just at an age where like, okay, well, Christina, you're going to take another one for the team. And so that's the stage that I'm going through. Like, all right, you see mommy, mommy, yay. We went out and that that's probably one of my biggest failures. Mm -hmm. And I think like one of the things I was telling Selena why I wanted you on is because, um, and I know you said it's not easy and being a single parent, like you're not promoting it, but you do, like you're so independent and you make it look so easy. Like sometimes some of the stuff you're doing, like buying houses and just moving and going up the ladder with your career, you make it look very easy sometimes when I talk to you. Um, so I could see your daughter looking up to you and saying, oh, like you don't, you don't have this and you seem happy and you seem content and being like, oh, this is what I want. But I could also see the flip side of it, of saying like, no, it's actually really hard work, but you do. Yeah, girl, some of the stuff you do, like this how I'm like remodeling your house on your own. You're like, I'm just gonna look it up. Last time we were talking, you were like with the staple gun. I was like, girl, like, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I am afraid of that, so. Um, yeah, I guess, but you know, we make it look easy. I guess what has, um, who or what has been kind of your biggest motivation or inspiration up until this point? Uh, my kids. The only reason I am still alive is because of my kids. Mm -hmm. I am not somebody that's afraid of death. At one point in time, I was very suicidal. The only reason that I am still here is because I, I don't see their father doing a good enough job to raise them. Otherwise than that, I've heard parents, I take care of my grandfather. That's about it. <laughs> and I've heard parents say that they're, I don't have children, so I wouldn't know, but that their kids save their lives. I've seen, I've heard that more than once. And I wanted to touch back on um, when you said like crying yourself to sleep sometimes. We don't talk about being that vulnerable it is, but at the, cause I've, I do that too. I go through that stuff with depression and all that, but then you have to wake up and take care of your life. Like 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, well, no one, everyone just sees like the final product and the laughing and just being out. But people don't know what goes on behind closed doors in the dark. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important for us to be vulnerable enough to share that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm glad, and, and, I, and I'm saying that like, you're not alone and whoever listens to this, I'm sure mm-hmm. you, we've all had our, our times when it's like that, it'd be like that. So I just wanted to like touch on that and thank you for being involved. That's part of the reason why we started the podcast, just so that a lot of people just see the, fin- the finished product and they don't know what goes along with all that success. It's not always rainbows and sunshine. Like people go through a lot, but it's just about picking yourself up and pushing yourself. Um, and going after what you want, ultimately, I feel like. As I was crying last week, and I was like, okay, I pulled on the side of the road, and I was like, no, Selena, you put on your big girl panties, and you get in there, you take care of what you need to do. Nobody cares about you crying. Nobody cares. You don't go in there and tell them your problems. Just just lock it up. And so I think sometimes we have to just pick ourselves up and keep pushing. So it's not always easy, but... Um, and this is just shifting a little bit. What is something that you hope people say about you when you're not in the room? And I know your kids are very important to you. So maybe what they would say about you when you're not around, what you would hope they say. To be 100% honest, mm-hmm. I don't think twice about it. The position that I hold, I don't make a lot of friends. But I tell my employees, you don't get paid enough to make friends. You get paid enough to do your job and do it professionally and do it you know, efficiency, uh, effectively. Mm-hmm. So to have a friend or say, somebody say something positive and, you know, right now I am the only black manager. Um, doesn't help that I'm a woman or, you know, anything like that, but, you know, um, especially dealing with a male dominated, uh, profession that I'm in right now. Um, it's easy for me to snap in, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, this is a female, you know, this is a woman, she's having one, you know, and I'm quick to be like, I'm gonna tell you what it is and what it ain't gonna be. Like, I'm not about to beat around the bush. I'm about to be, I can talk to you without cursing. I can do all this other stuff. Piss me off enough, I'm about to be in your office. Because a lot of them don't even know, they're starting to understand that they answer to me. Mm-hmm. So it is nothing of being, you know, assertive but it's, it's getting out of that role to also come home to my children and be like, I come home and be like, all right, we're sitting at the dinner table. Tell me how your day was. Tell me how your day was. And so my kids, you know, they've been very open with me. My son recently threatened to kill himself a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, due to COVID and, you know, not being able to, you know, and I called his dad in a heartbeat, and I was like, yo, yo, where you um, So, you know, and then my daughter was just, she, she's so mean. She's just like me. Oh, my God, my baby's just like me. She like, well, if you're going to kill yourself, kill yourself. What you make an announcement for? And I'm like, Gabby, you can't say that. She was just like, JJ playing. I knew, I knew. You know, like your kid, you know your kids. You'd be like, all right, but I don't want her to think. I'm like, if JJ would have did it, how would you feel? I'd have felt bad. And I'm like, once this comes out, you can't take it back. These are words you can't take back. Yeah. And I try to stress to them, you you guys got to think before you say. 
my kids didn't see me get in fights. My kids didn't see me get out of car and be all types of what they see on media takeout. <laughs> like, but then again, I have to wind myself back up and be like, I worked this hard to let some whatever Wahoo take this all away from me because I don't know how to control myself. Mm-hmm. Or I have these impulses to be like, who are you disrespecting? I guess going back to earlier when you were talking about just how important words are, um, what would you say has been kind of your biggest, switching gears a little bit, like your biggest or best piece of advice that you've been given by somebody? Well, actually, there's a couple. There's there's one that I, and this is one thing that my ex-husband, one thing that I remember anything of my ex-husband, he said, your name will travel a lot further than you ever will in life. Mm-hmm. So once I got that, because I was, you know, doing me, and I didn't care about anybody's feelings, and I was still married, and blah, blah, blah. And so he was like, your name? He was like, yeah. I was like, all right, bet. And then another one that I live by is, I tell my employees all the time, do not write a check your ass can't cash. Mm-hmm. So when I like go to work, my biggest thing is I sit in my car and I pray that God holds my tongue and my mind and my spirit because I have the serenity tattooed on me, serenity prayer. I have serenity prayer all over my house. And I just pray and I keep moving. I was just gonna say, I think that's one of the things, even though I, sometimes I don't want to hear it, and that's one of the things that I've always appreciated. It's like, you don't, like you don't mean it from a mean place, but you don't sugarcoat stuff. So I'm like, I'm always gonna get the real from you. I'm always gonna, um, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, I don't, like, I don't want to hear it. But when I sit back and reflect, I'm like, oh no, nah, she's like, she's being 100% honest about this situation. Um, and you know, it's helped you progress in your career. Like it's something that a lot of people probably look as a fault, but it's gotten you to where you're at. And you've climbed, I feel like you've climbed the ladder very quickly. Um, so it's just something I was gonna that. ask that. That was like literally what I was thinking in my mind. How did you get, cause you said you, sometimes you do have to wear these masks, but how did you get to where you are in your career and, and do, was that a goal or? I would have never said, I, I would never even see myself in a million years in a position where I'm at. Like I've been, this job has been, like every job I've had has been an utter blessing. It's either been a lesson or a blessing. So, um, you know, it was times where a lot of positions that I've had held civilian and military, I've gained into the leadership position and it was just because I guess, I, I can't even guess. I, I just think it was just a lot of stuff does not phase me. I don't tend to show emotion until they piss me off. I, I'll never show a, a side of weakness where I'm crying. Um, that's just a vulnerability that I, I feel as though, unless I'm drunk, I'm an emotional drunk. But not, um, <laughs> uh, otherwise than that, the position that I have right now was... I I was in Atlanta, COVID hit, I got laid off. The whole company shut down. 
I was very blessed and because I saved up enough money to where it didn't hurt me. Like me and my kids were still going out, buying electric scooters, doing this, playing double dutch. Like it, we never missed a beat. But little do they know, like I'm up at one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and filling that job. Like, so when I got this, the interview that I have right now or the job that I had right now, um, I was terrified. Um, when I had got the position, they was like, um, one of the biggest questions, they was like, well, how do you deal with somebody that is older than you? Um, or how do you, how do you, how do you deal with people that has, you know, learns differently? And I'm like, I can really care less if it takes them six months to learn something as long as they learn it. I'm like, I can't expect everybody to be on the same page as learning. So she was just like, and then the fact that I, I analyze a lot of numbers, um, I'm an inventory manager um, with my project management degree. So I, I ask a lot, like, why, for what reason? Because I want to get a good justification just instead of, I don't know, we just always did it like this. I'm like, all right, all right, so let's, let's change this up. So uh, the position that I have right now, my boss warned me, she was like, this is a male-dominated, you know, which uh, role, and this is the first time, you know, the other female manager they had was not a good fit, very angry, da-da-da-da, and so I could see the faces, the looks on their faces when they first FaceTimed me, and I got this big Kool-Aid smile, and one thing I did let them know, and I, I the same thing I say, you know, we don't, we don't get paid enough to make friends, I said, but do not take somebody's kindness as your weakness. Um, so when I finally got into the office, I moved from Atlanta back to Colorado. Um, you gonna say something, Iman? No, I was just gonna, um, did you have a follow-up question? I was gonna switch, switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, so just going back to kind of the whole reason Selena and I started the podcast is really just trying to bring people on that are living life on their own terms and kind of redefining success for themselves. So for you, what does success mean? Like, when are you in your happiest place? Success does not mean anything monetary to me. Success is having peace of mind and knowing that you did your best every day. Mm -hmm. Like having money is a plus, but at the end of the day, you have to be content with what you're, the foot that you put forward mm -hmm. and give it 110%. And if you fall short, you know, just ask that you have another day to do better, just try to make every day better or a lesson. But it took me so long to have peace of mind. It took me so long to have peace of mind. That is where I'm successful. And I guess in terms of, um, like for our listeners, so you've gone through a lot just growing up and just have, like you mentioned earlier, like you feel like you're always getting slapped for something and then having to bounce back. So for people that are listening in that may have had like a rough childhood or are constantly dealing with challenges, obstacles, um, what advice would you give them to just keep going and keep moving forward and what they want to do? I guess they would have to find that motivation in knowing that, you know, better days are coming and to stop 
looking at success as having physical monetary stuff like Gucci belts or a house or whatever the case may be like, oh, I want to buy a house. I want to do this. But you still have a roof. Like mm -hmm. there are people, a lot of people around my age or they they see it as showing somebody else they got something. People are always going to talk about you, good, better, and different. Mm -hmm. But you have to have peace of mind of what you're doing and knowing that you're doing your best. Because when you die, they're going to just find somebody else to talk about. Mm -hmm. After your yep. funeral, they're going to find somebody else. Mm -hmm. I never so, thought that way. That's so true. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off, Christina? Was that the oh, no, ma'am. Oh. No, ma'am. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and then just shifting a little bit again. So uh, I was thinking, and again, with the podcast, we always talk about success and everybody is, again, with success, like it's always big picture. And I was trying to shift and change my life. And I was like, what do people, what do successful people, or when you have a goal, what do they do every day? Like, so my question to you is, what do you do on a daily basis that's getting that yields results that you want? Like what's a constant that you would recommend that needs to be in your life? A big thing that my boss has told me that she says she admires the most is to have, I know I'm going to say this wrong, humility. Okay. When you don't have humility, you don't, you have a harder time of humbling yourself. So when I come in or when I, the, the thing that keeps me going or successful or just a step ahead of the game is knowing and seeing that the times we're in right now and being like, it could have been me, but it's not. So if I get to turn around and hire somebody that I can give them another chance or give them some type of guidance or like, cause right now I do a lot of behind the scenes uh, for my company. So I actually go into the warehouse and I'm like, Hey, I'm free for the next hour. How can I help you? And that, that's, that tells people a lot that shows people a lot. Like, mm -hmm. yo, she's, she's in the offices, but she's coming down here. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people have a problem with humbling themselves. Like you are no, you're no better to where you have to eat oodles and noodles, where you're getting wick food stamps. And when people be like, oh, you know, that's I used to do that. Don't don't never dog somebody else because just how fast you got it is faster you can lose it. Mm -hmm. So I, I come like when I go to to work, I say a little prayer. I have a serenity prayer like everywhere. Like I said, tattooed and you know. And if I am wrong, oh, I'm not above, hey, this is Christina. I just want to let you know I apologize. I was wrong. Um, you know, I asked that you forgive me. And, you know, and a lot of people just apologizing, knowing that you were wrong and admitting that you were wrong mm -hmm. shows an act of growth, shows growth as not only regardless of race, as a human. Mm -hmm. It shows growth. You know you were wrong. Now, I could sit there and say I was wrong and be like, I'm wrong. Jesus know my heart. <laughs> no, but you don't know how you messed up that other person's day. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a cop out when somebody's like, oh, I was wrong, but don't, 
I think apologizing takes so much courage to really go look somebody in the eye and like, I was wrong and I'm, I apologize. I think that takes a lot. Maybe, maybe not for you, but for me, that, that does take a lot. <laughs> You're like, I know, can't relate, but for me, um, it's, it's, it, it took a lot of um, growing up to do that. And that's not about age, but just growing up mentally to do that too. Um, and it might sound easier, easier for me than it, like, than it really is. I don't know. You never, you never, it never took you like to muster up any courage to do it, to apologize. No, okay. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. I, okay, no, I just lied. My ex husband, yes. Okay. I, I flashed on him and my kids were in the car and I'm like, I want to apologize for my actions. I shouldn't have said that. And then you'll always get that person that's just like, yeah, but you did this. You are you going to apologize? Like, so they'll. And then that's when I'd be like, oh, red button, boom. I said, did y'all hear mommy apologize? Yep, that's all that meant. Boom, red, I'm not about to be, I, one thing I tell my kids, and one thing that the army, the military has said when we was in basic training, you cannot fix stupid. Mm. You cannot fix it. There's nothing, there's not a pill, there's not a quote, there's nothing, you can't fix it. So why are you going back and forth with it? Mm -hmm. Let them say their two cents, it can go in one ear, not the other, and keep it moving. Cannot fix stupid. Mm -hmm. I think, too, what's important, like, interesting is that you dealt with people that did a lot of things wrong and never apologized. So for you to already feel like that innate, like, okay, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, with the exception of your ex-husband, which is a different level. But to be constantly around people that have done you wrong and have not owned up to it or acknowledged that hey what I did was messed up and for you still to be like nope I'm still gonna acknowledge when I'm wrong in a situation like that's a whole nother level of just maturity and growth that a lot of people don't have um, yeah so I think that's why I was like oh it took a long time you're like no I got this I don't know what she's talking about <laughs> Um, Iman, did you have any more questions? Anything else? I don't. Okay. I feel like there's so much more. I mean, we only a lot of an hour, but I feel like there's so much more that I wanted to ask and say. So we have we definitely have to talk to you again because I feel like we only scratched the surface. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> did you have anything else, Christina, that you wanted to give our audience or us today? Um, thank you guys for the opportunity to, you, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you guys. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've talked to you about, I, it's not something, it, you know, it, it'll bring stuff up, but mm -hmm. I'll take a moment and I'll get it back. So, um, but if this can help somebody and know that you're, you're not alone and, you know, and I know it's easier said than done when it'd be like, you know, put your big girl panties on. It's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But just know that, you know, like I told you, the only reason I'm here is for my kids. Mm -hmm. Otherwise than that, that's it. That's it. Life is. But you got to keep your head up. You know, the gospel song, Better Days Are Coming. Mm -hmm. so, I do appreciate you. Yeah, you took the words right out my mouth. I was just gonna say, I appreciate you being vulnerable because I know like, you know, I know a lot of your backstory because we've known each other for so long, yeah. but I wasn't sure how much you were willing to share. And I wasn't gonna 
like put you in a position where you had to. So I appreciate you being able to put that out there so that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have gone through similar things. Um, being able to say like, hey, like this isn't the end of the road for me. Like there's still so much more I can do. So yeah, thank you. it's so important. All right, I think that's all we have for today. We're gonna do our little outro. All right. And so again, thank you, Christina, for sharing your time with us and inspiring our listeners to redefine success for themselves and to keep going. Mm -hmm. And thank you, listeners. We couldn't do it without you. Again, don't forget to subscribe at U Plus Happy episode and leave a review, comment. We always appreciate your feedback. And we get our guests to say our tagline. So our tagline is, we'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. I know it's long. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll type it. You know what? what? <laughs> One more game. One more game. I'm going to repeat after you, after you say the words. <laughs> no, so I gave you the tagline. We just need you to say it. Take us out. So we'll show you our definition of success. We'll show if, you our definition of success. If you show us yours. If you show us yours. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, girl. Thank you so much. It was nice meeting you. Pleasure's all mine. Bye. Bye.